This episode of Mummy Republic is brought to you by Calming Blankets. Now, I'm not going to lie, I was skeptical about this idea, but it's safe to say I was very pleasantly surprised. Having the weight of a calming blanket distributed over your body can help with stress, anxiety, and improve sleep. And that is definitely something all us mamas need. If you'd like to try it for yourself, use the code REPUBLIC for $115 off weighted blankets at the checkout. You are welcome. Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely, and welcome back to the Mummy Republic podcast. I'm your host, Danny, and guess what? Can you believe it? This is the last episode of season one. My goodness, what a journey we have been on, and I cannot thank you guys enough for coming along the ride with me. I do want to give a quick shout out to username Mummy Revival who wrote me a beautiful five-star review and comment over on the iTunes podcast app. She says, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Danny, you have such a talent in interviewing your guests and bringing their stories to life. You show such empathy and always manage to create such flowing conversation. You created a podcast where it feels so real and free from any judgment. You are one amazing lady. Thank you for creating a safe space for others to share their stories. Now, see, that sort of stuff really gets me in the feels. And no, it's not just because I'm pregnant. It's because that's exactly what I wanted to do here. Storytelling is so powerful. And I think we always underestimate just how much of a difference it can make. So I'm so glad that I've been able to create a platform that does just that. Because I'm certainly not an expert. But to sit here and listen to somebody who's gone through that, who's maybe on the same journey or come out the other side, to hear what they've done what their advice is, that is truly so, so powerful. So thank you again for coming along the journey with me. Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you hit that subscribe button because there has been an overwhelming response on my Instagram for me to do one final 2019 farewell with my beautiful seven-year-old Peyton with an Ask Peyton session. Now, I will be shortly popping up a question box on my stories so that you can tell her what it is, what you'd like to know. And if you haven't done so already, please take this opportunity. I would love you oh so much if you jumped on over to the iTunes podcast app and left me a rating and a review. It makes a huge difference to the podcast being seen and it gives other listeners an idea of what they're in for. Plus, over the Christmas break, it is a great opportunity to catch up on any episodes that you haven't listened to because they are all so different. The topics are oh so varied 
So make sure that you get yourself up to speed. On the same note, if you do have any particular topics or people that you would like to hear on the podcast coming into 2020, please make sure that you touch base with me over on Instagram at Mummy Republic and give me that feedback so I can give you what it is that you want. Now, this has obviously been the longest intro ever, but I am so excited to bring to you today's guest because she is honestly just so fantastic. She's 100% herself, so authentic, down to earth, and she's funny as hell. So we are going to touch on two very different topics, but they're actually very strongly related. The first, however, might resonate with a lot of you because it's a question that we seem to see a lot of. Should I go from two to three kids? Well... How about we ask our guest what she thinks? Today's mama is known for her pretty pictures, funny words, and quite possibly one of the best baby mama dancers on the gram. <laughs> Welcome to the wonderful Jessica Wilson. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. That was an intro and a half. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> oh, well, I could have said so much more. My head's but... so much bigger now. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. Um, now, this is actually the second time that we've met. The mm-hmm. first time that we met was at an event and I was pretty much creeping on everything you were eating at the grazing board (laughs) because I can't eat it being pregnant. So thank you for agreeing to have a chat to me. Um, I promise I won't won't stare at you creepily (laughs) this time. Blushing eyes at me. Yeah, well, you know, it's hard not to. There you go. There's that head getting bigger. Um, Now, we're going to chat about a few things today. And I think mostly what life is like with three small children Mm -hmm. and what that looks like for you guys and your journey to get there. Yeah. Um, But why don't we just start from the beginning? Because everybody wants to know about your life and your world and what happens. Mm -hmm. So let's start with Phil. Okay. How did you guys meet? So we met originally at a gym. It was 2009, first year out of school. And I went for a job interview at this gym and he was the interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I went for this job and I ended up getting the job. Um, and he had a girlfriend. I had a boyfriend. Like nothing ever happened, but there was always like attraction there. And then he moved on, and then I moved on from that job. And then we used to just like see each other out all the time. Like we'd go into town, and he'd be at the same club, and just give me a wink, and I'd give him a wave, and nothing ever came of it. But um. Like, we'd always be like, hey, how are you going? How's your girlfriend? How's your boyfriend? Blah, blah, blah. Move on. And then this one particular night, it was like 2012, I think. Probably this time. It was like nearly Christmas time. And I seen him out and I did the usual, hey, how are you going? How's your girlfriend? And he was like, oh, actually, we broke up. And I was just like, light bulb. Like, hey, how are you doing? And it sounds really bad, but I actually had a boyfriend at the time. But I don't know. Phil was just like... I just I was always attracted to him like in the back of my mind and in that moment I was like what are you doing like are you going left are you going right and I was just like fuck it give me a drink and I had some drinks and then we just got closer and then um yeah we just ended up chatting and my boyfriend at the time he was going to New Zealand for Christmas and we'd already been like a little bit on and off and I was a bit sour that he was going to New Zealand without me so I was like fuck you um, so I guess that probably just helped me lean towards Phil a bit more. And then when I picked 
the old boyfriend up from the airport. I kind of dumped him on the way home, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like "At least you picked him up." <laughs> I know, but I just looking back, I was probably such a bitch because he was like, "Oh my god, it's so good to see you," and I was like, "Um, we need to talk." Like, <laughs> see ya. Um, but I just knew, like, as soon as he got off the plane and I seen him, I was like, "You're not Phil. Yeah, like, you're not." You know, um, and so yeah, me and Phil just started dating from there, and it's been almost seven years. Aww. We're still going. You cuties. It's amazing. He's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> He's the lucky guy. Yes. Well, he is. He absolutely is. Yeah. So, how then did you guys decide? All right, we this is this is it. Mm-hmm. We want to start a family. <laughs> this is real. It was more like I decided. I was like, okay. you know what? I really want to keep you around and I'm just going to trap you. I'm just going to put it <laughs> right out there. Um, so actually, it was probably like, I think in our first year, maybe year and a half, I went off the pill and I wasn't like trying to get pregnant, but I was just like, oh, I'm just going to see how it goes. And if you don't wear a condom, it's your own fault. Mm-hmm. And we ended up falling pregnant. Um and we were both shocked, like I was excited, but he was a little bit nervous, but we ended up miscarrying at 11 weeks. So um, yeah, that baby didn't happen. And then we kind of talked about it after that. And I was like, is this like something that you want to do with me in the future? Because he was pretty like set in his mind that he just wanted like a career and babies weren't on his mind or marriage for like a good 10 to 15 years. And that just wasn't what I had envisioned for my life so moving forward he was like yeah like it's obviously something I want to do sooner rather than later now but I just don't think now's the right time and I took that on board for like a year and then a year later I was like okay it's time now (laughs) um so then we just same thing as before went off contraceptive and then like two weeks later I was pregnant with Levi it just happened super quickly so I was like wow that's like crazy but Yeah, and he was still, like, I was all for it. I was, like, team baby, and he was still, like, nervous and wasn't sure if we were quite ready because he just wasn't a baby person. He was just one Mm. of the boys and just wasn't on his radar. Um, But as soon as Levi was born, it kind of, like, flipped a switch in him, and he's just, like, he's, like, just dad. Like, he's such a dad now. It's crazy. But that's pretty much how we had our first baby. That's amazing. Although they do say that women become mums as soon as they fall pregnant yeah and then guys become dads you know when they actually mm-hmm. have a child in their arms yeah i think that's important how old were you guys at this point um i would have been 24 okay. and he would have been 25 yeah yeah so still quite young yeah i mean looking back i didn't feel like i was young at the time but when i look back now i'm like wow i can't believe i did that at yeah. 24 because that actually is really young yeah it's crazy I had Peyton at 25 and I, yeah, you look back on it and you don't feel it at the time, but now you go, oh, there's so much I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely feel a difference in my body yeah. being pregnant now. <laughs> Later. Oh, I felt it the third time. So too. old. I was like, oh, crazy. <laughs> so then how did you go? So you transitioned to parents. Mm-hmm. How did you find that first year? Because that's usually the toughest. It was really hard um, because... I think going into like first baby, no one can ever really prepare you for just how much you have to give up, like not being able to just like, we would just be like, oh, let's go get something to eat or let's go to the movies. And we couldn't do that anymore. And the lack of sleep at night. And um, like, I guess it's like isolating as well, being like young and 25 and suddenly not being able to go out or, you know, just go and hang out with whoever, whenever I had to be home with a baby. And yeah, it was hard, but I, um, I was pregnant with Bowie when Levi was four months old so like that first year 
I was yeah, it was like a whirlwind of emotion because um, we were already pregnant. I didn't realize it was that didn't quick. You? Yeah, they're no. four months apart. Holy moly! Yeah. So the first year was just. I'm surprised I remember it really. Yeah. It was he planned? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I was going to say, you are keen no, girlfriend. I think I had my period once and then I'm sure it was for Phil's, it was like a work party or something. Probably his Christmas work party. I don't know. But it was like the one time we did it without any protection. The one time. And then he got me. You'd probably had like Trapped two me. glasses of champagne at that point and been pretty happy. I think, I think in my heart that I assumed that he was wearing protection because that's just what we did. Yeah. And I think because he'd had a bit to drink, he just thought he did as well. I don't know. <laughs> but he never told me until we were pregnant. And he was like, oh, actually, I don't think I did put anything on. And I'm like, oh, well done. Well, then, that's Good probably why you. we're here. But, Wow. Mm. So how did you cope? Because you would have had a really fresh newborn. Yeah. Dealing with like first trimester. Yeah. That would have been rough. Yeah, it was super hard. Like even emotionally, like I don't, I don't even know if I've shared this, but I was really upset when I found out because Levi was only four months and like when you have your first baby, like you just want to like eat that up and Mm. soak it in. So I wasn't ready to give him up as a newborn yet. I wasn't ready for that stage. Phil was sweet. Like, he was like, we've done it before. It's fine. Like, he was just so cool with it. And that, like, made me angrier. But I just couldn't get, like, the idea in my head that I could love another baby yet. I wasn't Mm -hmm. mentally ready for that. So I think I was six weeks when I found out. And I actually actually booked in for an abortion because I was like, I can't do it. I can't have another baby. And so we had that booked. And then the day before I was supposed to do it, I got – I was sitting in my car, Levi in the back. And I got this text on my phone from the clinic and it was like, do you want to confirm your appointment for tomorrow? Click yes or no. And I just remember like crying and looking at Levi and I was like, what if this was you? Like, you know, what if this, like, I can't do that to your, like your sibling. Like, this is like my baby. Like, and I still like in my head, I was like, it's going to be so hard. I don't know if I am ready, but I just can't. And I typed no and I sent it and that was that. So, um, yeah, I feel really guilty about that when I look back at it because I look at Bowie now and he's like, I just, I love him. Like I couldn't picture my life without him. Mm. So yeah, that was a really hard time. And I found it hard to emotionally connect to Bowie when I was pregnant um, just because he, he was like, Levi was so fresh. And I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to love another baby. I just don't know how I'm going to do it. And then our birth was really traumatic like a lot happened which I shared on the other podcast that I did with Australian birth stories um so that affected the way that we bonded as well at first I didn't get like the first hold with him or the first feed we didn't we weren't together for the first 12 hours so that was really hard as well and then um Phil had to go on a work trip the day after Bo was born he came two weeks late and he Phil couldn't get out of this trip so like I was in hospital and Phil had to go and it was just like he just left me with this baby and I was just it was just a lot to take on at the time but you just kind of like I guess when you're a mum you just put your foot down and you're like this is what I have to do this is where I have to be and you just move forward and push on and um but we ended up having a bit of jaundice at the hospital so you had to go under that I think it's LED light with the face mask and I think that was kind of like the moment where I was like, wow, like this is my baby and he really needs me right now. And I just kind of snapped out of it and I was like, okay, mum mode. And from then on, we were fine. But Mm. the first four days I was like, "Mm." (laughs) 
know, I was just <laughs> like, like oh, I don't okay. know how I feel about you. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, oh, there's a baby here. Cool. Well, there's so many emotions post-birth yeah. and falling pregnant then again and mm-hmm. adding those emotions and hormones on top of it. Yeah. You would have had a really just rough couple of months of that yeah. pregnancy beforehand and then dealing with traumatic birth. Yeah. It's amazing what you can go through, but mm-hmm. that would have been heaps for yeah. you to deal with. Yeah, it was a lot. But I feel like at the time I didn't even notice that it was a lot. I just mm. kind of looked forward, moved forward and didn't really think about it. And it wasn't until I was pregnant with Goldie that it all kind of came back out because I was like, gosh, what if I'd go through that again? And it brought it all back up. But mm. yeah, at the time you kind of just push it down and do what you have to do to get through the time. Yeah. Well, you've got a million other things to deal with, let mm. alone your own emotions. Yeah. Do you feel like you made the right decision in keeping him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some days I'm like, come on, but yeah, I just, I, that's what I mean when I look at him sometimes, I feel so guilty because yeah. I'm like, you are meant to be here. Like he's just, he's just a light, you know, in the world yeah. and he's, yeah, he's beautiful. And obviously the reason that I ask that is mm-hmm. I think any time that you have any kind of guilt for contemplating what you yeah. would have potentially done. Mm-hmm. You just have to bring yourself back to that yeah. in remembering that this was the best decision I've ever yeah. made and I'm only human. And, you know, a lot of people, particularly if you've had traumatic pregnancies, mm-hmm. question whether they really want the baby because it's really hard at the time, but it's yeah. not a reflection of how much you love them. Yeah. Ever. No. We just put too much pressure on ourselves. Yeah, totally. So Goldie, mm-hmm. she was a different story yeah obviously she was planned uh-huh. yeah yeah when did you start having that conversation probably a year before we started trying because like the jump from two to three it just sounds like so much and I always said I only wanted two kids I don't want three kids I come from a big family and while my mum did the best that she could I felt like we missed out on a lot and I was like I don't want to stretch ourselves too far where we can't afford our own children um So, yeah, I just pushed that. And I think because I had the boys so close together, I was like, no, I just can't do that newborn stage again. It's too much. Um, So, yeah, when was she born? This year. So it was probably 2017 where I started to get a little itch. And I was like, oh, like we could do one more. And um, we gave ourselves a year to, like, decide because I knew that I wanted a baby at the start of the year because both of the boys, pretty much our whole family's birthdays are all at the end of the year and it's just a crazy time. So I was like, it's expensive. No. Yeah, well, Bowie's is on Saturday and then Christmas is four weeks later. Like, it's insane. So I was like, I want it to be at the start of the year, so that means we have to try between July, August and September. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's our window. Um, and then, yeah, last year it came. And, like, even in July, I was still like, I don't know what to do. Like, if I don't do it this year, I'm not doing it at all. Um, and then August came, and it was, like, the week of ovulation. And I said to Phil, I was like, what do you want to do? He's like, I'm easy either way. Like, I don't care. Let's do it. Let's not do it. Just make up your mind. And I was like, look, let's just try this week. If it doesn't happen, it's not meant to be. If we're pregnant, we're pregnant. Two weeks later, I was pregnant. So I was like, <laughs> okay, like, it's meant yeah, to be. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, we didn't do, I get asked all the time, did we do anything different to get a girl? And that wasn't Mm -hmm. our plan going into it because I didn't want to be like disappointed or anything. And I was open to having three boys. So we just did the deed. We didn't do anything different or different positions or lemon or anything. (laughs) So we just felt lucky, I think. Yeah. 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 Well, it was obviously meant to be. Yeah. 100%. So how did the boys take the news of you having a third? They like loved her. Yeah. From the beginning, like, yeah, as soon as I started to get a little belly, like, that was their baby, and Levi would always put his head on my belly, and Bowie Aww. would just come up and put his hands on me, and 
they would jump on me and I'm like, oh my God, stop. I love it, but stop. (laughs) So yeah, they loved her from the start. Oh, that's so beautiful. And how did you find this pregnancy? Her pregnancy was definitely the hardest. Um, There was a few times during where I was like, I don't think I can keep going. Like I got that idea in my head again Um, because I had the... Oh, what's the HV, the vomiting? Oh, HG. Um, HG, yeah. Yeah. Um, Up until 20 weeks. And with the boys, I only had it till like 11, 12 weeks and it was mild. But her, it was like anything I ate, anything I drank, like all day long. We had like a mattress on the floor for like three months. And that's where I laid for three months. I hardly parented. It was really awful. I like could barely feed the kids. Like I couldn't stand up or... I cut all my friends off. I got off Instagram. Like a lot of people remember, like I just went MIA on Instagram because I physically couldn't look at my phone, like to text anyone back. It would just made me like ill oh. all day, all night. Um, so that was really hard. And then that finally stopped around 20 weeks. But then I got, you know, every other symptom, like the constipation and the restless legs, the hip pain, the back pain, like the breast pain, like just every symptom yeah. I got with Goldie. And it was really... It was really hard. There were some times when I was sick where I was like, Phil, I just need to end it. It's not like it's not worth it to me because I was just so mentally low. Yep. Um, and I think whenever people ask me if I want a fourth, I, I put myself in that time and I'm like, I don't think I could do that to myself mm. again or my family because I feel really bad for them. Like what they went through it too for three months. Like I didn't cook dinner and the house was disgusting. Like I remember someone came over one day and I was just so embarrassed because it looked like like a drug house, like there was just shit and rubbish everywhere because I physically couldn't do anything. Mm. So, yeah, I just don't think I could do that again. So fourth is definitely not on the table? No, especially like I'm booking in my surgery for next year and I'm just, I'm trying to think about myself for a change. And like I would love another baby. Like I look at Goldie and I'm like, shit, I could have 10 more of you. But I just don't think I could be pregnant again. It just wasn't a positive time for me. Yeah. 100%. Well, you've got to be selfish in that sense because you're the one who has to go through it and you don't want that to impact the way that you, you know, connect with her and or him or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's definitely not a selfish decision. It's just a conscious decision, I think. And we'll touch on your surgery in a minute, Mm -hmm. but how have you found the transition from two to three? Because a lot of people you know that one to two is quite easy but then deciding to go two to three seems to be a big decision yeah I feel like it actually wasn't that hard for me um I don't know if it's just because my pregnancy was so hard that when she was finally out I was like wow like I just feel amazing (laughs) hooray like I could walk I could roll over in bed it was just little things like that um but I think also like I'm 28 now question mark I'm 28 now (laughs) and I just feel like what I've learned in the last four years since having Levi is like really helped me with Goldie. I wasn't as stressed or like I wasn't, even I wasn't as like tired at nighttime. Like she would wake up and I'd be like, Hey girlfriend, let's chat. Like, let's hang out. I was just so What's happy. Yeah. To be away with to? Her. Whereas with Levi, I would cry and be like, Phil, help me. Like I can't do it. And I just want to shake him. But yeah, I was just super chill with her. And like, they're actually super easy when they're newborns. They literally just sleep and feed. And so like, when I was pregnant, I was worried about how I would be with the boys once she came. Like, could I share my time? But yeah, they really just sleep and feed. So I was still able to parent Levi and Bowie. Um, and it was a really easy transition. 
now that she's getting a bit more active, it's a little bit um, more challenging. Like she just wants a little bit more attention and obviously the boys do as well. The only thing I find super hard is going out by myself. So you won't catch me at the grocery store by myself unless it's like an emergency or at a Westfield. Like there's just too many risks with going out by yourself with three kids that I try to avoid it at all costs. But other than that, I don't think it's as hard as what people think. I think one to two was a lot harder than two to three. Mm, That's interesting. Mm. How have you found the boys in terms of their behavior? Did they act out for your attention Mm. or anything like that? I think Bowie has started a little bit recently, like since Goldie's been needing a bit more attention. Um, He was the baby and I feel like he's feeling that a lot more. But Mm. I've noticed in the last month since he's... um, like he's been talking a lot more and being able to communicate a lot better that his whole behavior has changed. And I think it's because we know what he wants now and he can tell us and we don't have to, like before we could just kind of baby him and figure it out. Whereas now he can just kind of voice what he wants and everyone's happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a transition for everyone. Yeah. And how about you and Phil? How are you coping with three children? Yeah, really good. He's, um, he's stepped up heaps. Like he's, He's always been a good dad, but he's like a different kind of dad now than what he was when we had Levi. Um, and he does like, when it comes to parenting the boys, it's probably 60-40 like with him, with the boys. He spends a lot more time with them at home than what I do. And I think, I don't know if it's because he's at work a lot. So when he comes home, he just like soaks that in and they're like drawn to him. And he's the fun parent. I'm not the fun <laughs> parent. So they just love him more. Um he it's doesn't. The way. Yeah, always it is the way. way. Um, but like, he picks up the slack with the boys, whereas with Goldie, he doesn't do as much, probably mm-hmm. as he could do. Um, but it's al- it's almost easier for me to just look after Goldie and him look after the boys. Everyone kind of gets what they need. Um, not saying that he doesn't look after Goldie, but I mean, he doesn't really get up at night time. But that's fine because <laughs> he goes to work and it's a small sacrifice. Um, but he's yeah, he's amazing. That's so good. Do yeah. you guys get much time for yourselves? Alone? No. Mm. Like hardly ever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that hard? Yeah, it is hard. Um, not like I don't feel like we're lacking anywhere, but it's just like little things like he really just wants to go to the movies and just hang out and finding a babysitter for three kids mm. can be like impossible sometimes. So little things like that is hard. Um, and like the boys still drag him into their bed every night so oh wow yeah so he doesn't get to spend like the full night in bed so that's like sometimes that's annoying but it is what it is yeah as long as everyone's sleeping (laughs) yeah that's the main thing yeah and they're only that small for such a short period of time Mm -hmm. but is that something you spoke about prior to having Goldie the impact that would have on your relationship yeah so like before we had Goldie one of my things that I brought up with him because he was happy either way but I was like I need to know like going forward that you're going to help me at night time because I really struggled with Levi and Bowie because he just wasn't quite there yet like he Mm. just didn't get it and it's just because he'd never had a baby he wasn't new to it so going into Goldie I just was like I need to know that you're going to be on my team we're going to do this together it's not just going to be me getting up at night time so he was pretty like positive that he would be able to help when we were talking about it, it didn't end up that way, but I actually ended up being fine at night time and it was just, it was okay for me to get up. Um, but in saying that, like if I'd been up a lot during the night, 
it'd be like 5am and I'd be like, can you just take her? Cause he gets up quite early and he would bring her out for a couple of hours until she was ready for a feed and then bring it back into me. So he kind of picked up the slack there yeah. as well. So if he didn't get up at night, he still helped in the morning, which is something. Yeah. Yeah. And it depends. I, I think that's something you can't really predict either, mm-hmm. you know, and even helping with the boys yeah. so that you can look after Goldie is yeah. a huge thing. Yeah, totally. Otherwise trying to share your time between three is yeah. massive. What does a normal week look like for you? Um, <laughs> I wish everyone could see your face right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's busy. I don't, I don't go out a lot um, mm-hmm. just because I'm just like, I'd rather just be at home. Mm. It's just easier than trying to fight them out. And I also hate the heat and it's like summer right now. So yeah. I'm like, don't, you won't catch me at a park. I'm not going. Yeah. Um, so like on a Monday, I'll be home with the boys. Then they're at school Tuesday, Wednesday and Tuesday, Wednesdays, I like to try and catch up on all my work through my photography and then Instagram as well. So if I have sponsored content, I like to shoot all that in two days so that when Thursday, Friday come, I'm with the boys again and it's not so like stressful. Cause if I find if I have to work when they're home, it does stress me out a little bit and yeah. I lash out on them and that's not fair. So yeah, that's what I try to do Tuesday, Wednesdays. And then, yeah, Thursday, Friday, we're at home again. I might try and take them, like, for a bike ride or something. Um, but it's just really hard when it's so hot mm. at the moment. And then Saturday, Sunday, we just spend time together with Phil. And they like to go to the skate park and things like that. Yeah. yeah we're just super chill. We don't do a lot. Yeah. But we spend a lot of time together. Which is important. Yeah. Just a normal family. Yeah. I think a lot of times, particularly when you're on social media or in the public eye to an extent, people think that you've got this amazing lavish lifestyle mm-hmm. and juggling three kids. Yeah. And sometimes the reality is very different. Yeah, it is. Um, now, one of the things you have been open about on social media is your upcoming surgeries. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So after I had Goldie, I decided that I was going to get my breasts done because um, I've breastfed three children and it shows. <laughs> um, and also that I was going to get a tummy tuck um, because I have a little separation. Well, it's quite a big separation in my stomach muscles. And then that kind of just makes my stomach sit forward and sag. And I, I don't, I, I try not to um, think about it for like, like a social media point of view. Like I don't want to get it just so that I look better in my photos, but yeah. I think like some people might think that and obviously it does like contribute because I look at photos of myself all the time but it's just like you know I I used to love like getting dressed up or just like trying different style of fashion and I don't do that anymore because I hate the way I look in clothes and hate looking in the mirror and I hate Phil looking at me like we whenever we're intimate like the lights are off like don't look at me um and I think that really affects us in our bedroom as well so there's a few reasons why yeah, I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, I'm really open about it. I'm sure a lot of people want to get it done. So I'm happy to answer questions and talk about it. It's not yeah, a secret. I think a lot of people think about it and then sort of talk themselves out of it to yeah. an extent. Mm-hmm. Do you have to, because obviously there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes mm-hmm. with that. Do you have to go through like counseling and whatnot before they let you get it done? Or no, you not at all. Dive straight yeah, in. Just, yeah, you just dive in. So basically what I did was I just made an appointment with a surgeon And then I went and seen him and he had a look and just gave me like his opinion. And then I got some quotes done. Um, And this was back in like July. And then I'm going to do it through, because I know a lot of people are interested, but I'm going to do it using, well, I'm hoping to use my super to pay for it. Because obviously 
breast and tummy tuck is quite an extensive amount of money. It's almost yeah. $30,000. Wow. And I don't have that sitting in my back pocket. So another way that you can do it is through your super, as long as it's deemed medically necessary. So if you're like an 18-year-old girl that just wants bigger boobs, don't bother because that's not <laughs> medical. But if yep. you're a mum that's breastfed and you've had pregnancies and your stomach is like sagging and you can't lose it through exercise – then going through your super is a way to look at it. So, yeah, I went and seen a surgeon. He's filled out the paperwork. Then yesterday I went and seen my GP, and she filled out the same paperwork but just from her point of view. Mm-hmm. And all I need to do now is send that to the taxation department, and they'll either approve or decline, and we go from there. How long does that take? One to six weeks. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. that's quite a window. <laughs> yeah, so it can be really quick or really um, slow, but my goal is to have it done in February anyway because mm-hmm. you have to wait six months post-breastfeeding to have right. surgery on your breasts. Okay. Yeah, so Feb is the goal. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what does that? What does the procedure look like? Is it? Mm, you know, it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you watch videos, like I have a strong stomach, so I watch it. But even sometimes, some it's the breast ones aren't too bad, but it's the stomach ones because mm-hmm. they really do like cut you in a T and rip it all open, oh, and you stunning. see everything. But yeah, it's it's gonna be worth it. I just know it will. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone that's had it done, that's spoken to me, have said like it's the best thing they've ever done for themselves. So. I just can't wait to kind of have that confidence back and not have like getting dressed something that I worry about every single day. Mm. Like whenever I have to get dressed, I'm like, oh my God, we have to go through this again. And I try on 10 different things and I just hate it. Like I don't buy myself clothes anymore because I'm like, what's the point? Like I'm not going to like it anyway. Mm. So yeah, it's draining. Yeah. Yeah. I think people underestimate just how much of an impact that can have on you Yeah, because, you know, we talk about, oh, body image isn't that important and it's not necessarily that. It's just that consciousness for yourself Mm -hmm. and how it affects every single day for you. Yeah. What does Phil think about it? He doesn't care. Like he says to me all the time, like, you're so beautiful. And like, he's like, I love you even more now, like since you've had kids. And I think it's because he looks at me and he sees like, I'm the mother of his children. Um, And I appreciate it, but it still doesn't change how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I know, like, I know deep down inside he's thinking about those new boobs. I just know. (laughs) I know he's ready for it and he can't wait. So, yeah, I think we'll both enjoy it. And I'm hoping that it kind of opens up a new door for us intimately. Yeah. And we can kind of go back to how we were pre-kids. How is your sex life post three kids? It's actually not as bad as what I thought it might be. We kind of go through windows. So he knows the week leading up to my period is a no-go zone. Do not touch me. Do not look at me. And he hates it because that means it's that week plus period week. So that's two weeks he's going without. But then the other three weeks, I'm fine and I'm up for it. But yeah, those two weeks and don't touch me. Don't look at me. Um, But I think we go okay considering. Yeah. We know our windows. Yeah. Yeah. With the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's the hard thing. You've got that time frame of when they go to sleep, but are they really asleep? Yeah. And pre, are they going to wake up? Mm-hmm. It's like a military mission. Yeah. Well, we know that the boys are going to come in any minute yeah. to get him and bring him back. So we've really got a window. Just quickly bang one out. <laughs> I mean, it's Romantic. not hard to feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> So, and when it comes to the recovery of the surgery, uh-huh. what does that look like? That's going to be intense. Mm. Um, and I don't know how we're going to manage, but we'll just have to find a way. But like, I think breasts, 
reduction recovery is about two weeks like minimum of no lifting and things but the stomach is obviously quite more Mm -hmm. intense because they're opening and stitching and moving everything around so that's about a six week recovery um but we'll just make it work yep yeah yeah well if it's worth it to you then you always find a way yeah and I like I have heaps of like friends and family support that I'm sure will help if I need it yep Otherwise, I'll just chuck the kids in daycare full time. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. They get done on a holiday. Okay? They get fed over there. Yeah, it's okay. Mm. Yeah, I think you know. A lot of times, again, we think about these things for ourselves, and we stop because we think about everybody else around yeah. us and how it affects. But if it's something that you really want to do, and you've been thinking about it for quite some time, yeah, then, you know, it's a personal decision. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for anybody contemplating it? Just to do your research, um, because there's obviously like a lot of surgeons out there and options. I originally was thinking about going overseas and doing it through a company. Um, And I just, upon doing more research, there was nothing wrong with the company that I found, but it was just kind of like, what if scenarios? So like, what if something went wrong while I was there, while I was under, once I come home, like I wouldn't be able to go get it fixed because... I think once you get worked on overseas, an Australian doctor won't really look at you to fix a problem if there is one. So it was just things like that. And um, then when I found out about the super option, I was like, well, there's no way I'm going overseas if I can have it done at home without having to actually take money out of my own bank. So Mm. um, I think just do your research. That's the biggest thing. And make sure you're comfortable with your surgeon moving forward. Don't just do it because you want to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and making sure that emotional piece that you're ready for it as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. What about deciding to go from two to three children? I've never regretted that decision. And I will tell anyone that's thinking about it. And it was because of like this quote that I read and it was like, you never regret the children you do have, only the ones that you don't. And that was enough for me. I was like, that's so true. And I don't regret her. She's the best thing that we've ever done. I just feel like our whole family is complete now. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Mm. She is so delicious. Yeah, I, she is. I, I am. I do think we're best friends now. She's smiled at me. So give you a wink. I'm taking that. Yeah. I'm taking that. Um, now, before we wrap up, one of the things that I am really a huge advocate for is making sure that you take time for yourself where you can mm-hmm. um, to reconnect with that person that you were pre-kids. Mm-hmm. Now you you've got a busy life. You've yeah. got three children. Mm-hmm. But what is it something that you do just for yourself to reconnect with Jess? Oh, what do I do? I don't think there's one thing in particular, but I think I've found myself since having Goldie not feeling guilty about decisions that I make. So the surgery, for example, like it's a lot of money and it's a lot of time, but it's something that I'm doing for myself and I don't feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gone on a couple of work trips this year and I don't feel bad about that because I just think I've worked so hard and I do a lot for my family. Like I deserve to do things that make me happy too so yeah yeah, just little things like that just making decisions if I want to buy something that costs a little bit more money I work hard so why not you know why does everything that I do have to go to other people so yeah I love that that yeah Yeah. absolutely it does yeah and I think it's one of those things that we all question you mm-hmm. know you you buy something that you shouldn't have or you know yeah. take, inverted commas shouldn't have mm-hmm. and then you feel guilty about it like yeah. you work hard you do a lot mm-hmm. your family needs you and they love you and they want you to be happy yeah. so why not yeah just need to get out of our own heads just half the time best life exactly That's what I say. <laughs> absolutely 
Well, thank you to the wonderful Jessica Wilson. I really appreciate you being so open and honest and sharing your story with us. Um, I will pop all of Jess's details in the show notes. I'm sure you're already following her, but if you don't, you can check her out. Uh, But thank you again so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thank Thank you. Well, how is that for some wrap-up advice? Live your best life, 100%. I think that Jess nailed it with that one. But look, there was a few things that I took away from today's conversation. And the first, when it comes to deciding if you want to expand your family, you will never regret the children that you have, just the ones that you don't. It's obviously a big decision. There's a lot of factors involved emotionally, physically, financially, But if it's something that you're considering and it's something that you want, then, you know, don't overthink it too much. When it comes to anything to do with your family, it's important to remember that the decisions that you make are the best that you can make at the time. We have a tendency as mums to make ourselves feel guilty for thoughts or feelings that we had once upon a time, but you've got to remember that in that situation, you potentially may not have been able to do anything differently. So you just need to focus on now and the future. Don't live too much in the past. You're not going that way. When it comes to doing something for yourself, guess what? You're allowed to, girlfriend. And as you can see from listening to Jess, you don't have to feel guilty for doing something for yourself. You do a lot for your family and you work hard. So you're allowed to give back to yourself. When it comes to the tummy tuck and the procedure that Jess is having done on her breasts, she advises to do your research. It's important to make sure that you have a clear understanding of what it entails and also what it's going to cost you. She advises to review your finances and your options to make sure that you're making the best decision for you and your family. She also says to make sure that you're feeling comfortable. That's not only with the process, but also with the surgeons and any professionals that you're dealing with. And I think that this is key advice. Regardless of what you're doing, it's always important to ensure that you're 100% comfortable before moving forward. Something like this can have a huge impact on not only you now, but also you in the future. So it's really, really crucial for you to be 100% on board with it before moving forward. If you would like to follow more of Jess's journey, you can find her over on Instagram at, at Jessica Wilson, and I will be sure to pop her details into the show notes so you can reference those as well. Continuing with the theme of giving back to yourself, I want to give a quick shout out to username at Leah Chung, who tagged me in this week's The Me Before Mummy post. She gave a shot of herself at the hairdressers enjoying a champagne. Mm, love that for you and saying this is the only me time I get and I am going to enjoy it well yes you should girlfriend absolutely I love going to the hairdressers and having that time out 100% all the way thank you so much for the tag if you would like to do the same you can find me over on instagram at mummy republic and use the hashtag the me before mummy to tag me in a story or a post of something that you do to reconnect with yourself the person that you were pre-children before we wrap up a quick word from our sponsor Don't forget for your chance to receive a whopping $115 off weighted blankets at Calming Blanket, use the code REPUBLIC at checkout. You can thank me later. Honestly, there is such a simple science behind the design and you'll be amazed at how having the weight of these blankets distributed over your body can instantly make you feel so relaxed and calm. 
The only bad part is that once the whole family discovers the benefits, you'll have to share. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.